0: I'm Pastor Richard Gamble, and the following message is made available by First Baptist Church of Bastrop, Louisiana. To find out more about First Baptist Bastrop, go to www.firstbastrop.org. That's www.firstbastrop.org. If you have your Bibles with you this morning, turn with me to Matthew chapter 16, Matthew chapter 16. Uh, This morning we're going to look at verses 13 through 20 Matthew chapter 16 verses 13 through 20 And if you don't have a bible of your own you can grab one of the pew bibles there And it's page 771 in the pew bible It's Page 771 in the pew bible And if you don't own a bible then uh, we certainly we want to ask you to take that bible with you We want everybody to have a copy of god's word so take that that's our gift to you Take it read it use it and God will certainly bless your heart as you read his word. Today is Celebration Sunday, and we are celebrating our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen? Uh, thank you, Garrison, for a wonderful song service, uh, upbeat, ready to celebrate Jesus and exalt his name today. As we sang in that very first song, today's message. in today's message, I want to urge you to celebrate Jesus. Celebrate celebrate jesus celebrate because we got many many reasons why to celebrate jesus and today's text today's text is a a point in the disciples life when they come and they celebrate jesus today we're reading a a little text here that uh, there's a mini celebration that takes place here and you can kind of feel it in the atmosphere of this text as, we, as I'll read it here in just a minute, you'll, you'll hear the excitement in the text. And the disciples celebrate Jesus, who he is, and what he is here to do. Now, as we look at our text today, let me just kind of give you the context of the text. At this point in time in Jesus' ministry, the disciples have been with him for maybe a couple of years at this point. year, Two years, something like that. And they have been on a long preaching expedition. And so they've been with Jesus on this long preaching expedition and they have heard Him preach here, there, and everywhere. They have heard Him preach the gospel over and over and over again throughout Galilee. They've observed numerous miracles as Jesus has performed miracle after miracle after miracle as He's gone through on this preaching expedition. Uh, They had just observed the feeding of the 4,000 it came just uh, prior to this this uh, text here and so they have observed all of this as they've been with Jesus all of this time and now they come to the city of Caesarea Philippi and Jesus asks them a most important question he asked them this most important question and so we want to hear this question today and this question is a question that he asked everyone he has asked each and every one of us and he asked the whole world and that question is who do people say that i am and of course his disciples come back with a wonderful wonderful answer so if as you found your place there in our text, I'm going to ask you to please stand with me for a moment as we read God's holy, inspired, and inerrant word. Notice what our text says. Matthew chapter 16, starting in verse 13. Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that I am? Or who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, others say Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And he said to them, but who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter replied, well, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, the Christ let's pray Heavenly Father we thank you for your holy inspired and inerrant word and Lord today we ask that you would write its eternal truth on all our hearts today Lord let us see from this text reasons to celebrate Jesus Lord it's there's manifold reasons why we celebrate Jesus but Lord uh, just show us a few from this text today and Lord draw our hearts into celebration and praise of Jesus Christ our Lord this I pray in Christ's name and for his sake, amen. And you may be seated. So as Jesus, he, he comes to the disciples and he gathers them around. They've been traveling and they come to this city, Caesarea Philippi, and, and, and he asks them this all-important question, who do people say that I am? Who do the people say that the Son of Man is? Who do the people say that I am? And, and they come up with many questions. Well, some say John the Baptist. Some say Elijah. Uh, some say a prophet. And, you know, we see this same kind of question asked today. You go out in the world today and you ask people, "Who who is Jesus? And, and there's a multitude of answers that you'll find out in the world today. Uh, many people think that Jesus is a, a good moral teacher, right? They, they like Jesus and, and what he has to teach as far as a moral teacher is concerned. He, he has good things to say. And so many people will say that, well, he was a good teacher, a good moral teacher teacher and he taught a lot of good things other people will say well he was a prophet he was a prophet of the lord while even uh, muslims say that jesus was a great prophet uh, right and they put him almost up there with muhammad but but not quite but he was a good prophet so a lot of people say a lot of different things about jesus in the world today but then jesus brings the question but who do you say that i am and you see that's the important question it's not just what the world says about jesus because the world says a lot of things about jesus but who do you say jesus is Man, that's a question that comes to each and every one of us and each and every one of us must answer that question who do you say jesus is and your answer is life or death (laughs) Your answer is life or death. Do you truly know who Jesus is? And then Peter answers. Peter answers. Now, Peter here, he is, you know, Peter, he's like the spokesperson. He's always one who's quick to speak. <laughs> he's not so often quite quick to hear, as our people in and, uh, and our James study, we, we talked about that this past Wednesday night. But he's not always the one to, who is quick to hear, but he is quick to speak. And he often finds himself speaking for the disciples, other disciples. And here he is, that kind of leader. He, he jumps up there and, and he speaks for the rest of the bunch there. And he gives an answer. And from his answer, we find one, the first reason that we have to celebrate Jesus today. We celebrate Jesus today because of Jesus' person. We celebrate Jesus' person. Look at Peter's response. Who do you say that I am? And Peter says, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And all the other disciples, I can just imagine them, amen, right? Uh, They are joining in the celebration. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. What do you say? All right, let's try that again. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Jesus is Christ, the Son of the living God. Notice those answers. Notice what Peter actually says about Jesus. Jesus, first of all, is the Christ. He is the Christ. Now, often we kind of think of that in our day. We we think of of Christ as a, a name for Jesus, and we kind of use it as a name. He is Jesus Christ. We kind of put it all together but really christ is more than a name it's a title christ is his title christ goes back to the old testament and the old testament word there is messiah it means anointed one and it goes all the way back to the days when god first established his his kings there in israel and he said to samuel first he said go go anoint Saul. But then Saul, he, he kind of failed and, and God rejected Saul. And then he said, now go anoint David. Go anoint my servant David. And David was the anointed one of God who would be God's king over God's kingdom. But it didn't stop there. We have there in the Davidic covenant, Where David, he wanted to build a house for the Lord, and and God said, no, 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 David, you're a man of blood. I've used you to deliver my people, and you're a man of blood. You're not the one who will build me a house, but... One who will come after you from your line, from your blood, a son of yours, I will establish his kingdom and he will build me a house and his kingdom will be an eternal kingdom. God promised from that point on of an an, an anointed one, that's a hard word to say together, an anointed one who would come and deliver God's people from all of their enemies and be God's eternal kingdom over his or his eternal king over his eternal kingdom Jesus Peter says you are the Christ you're the one the promised one the anointed one from God who would come and save us and deliver us and make us a kingdom unto the Lord now Peter doesn't understand the full uh, ramifications of that they're, they're still thinking he's going to be a political savior one who would come up and and establish Israel as a, a new nation and deliver them from Roman oppression they don't get the full picture yet although here in just a minute Jesus is going to kind of open their eyes to at least some of that picture or at least start trying to open their eyes to some of that picture but he is the Christ The anointed one of the Lord who would deliver God's people from their enemies and establish God's eternal kingdom. But not only is he the Christ, he is the son of the living God. He is the son of the living God. He is no mere legend. He is no mere myth. He's not like Hercules of the Greeks, right? Hercules was the champion of the Greeks because he was the the son of Zeus. But but that was a myth. He was a legend. Peter says, no, you're not a legend. You are the son of the living God. Not of the dead God. Not of a God made of stone. Not of a God made of marble. You are the son of the living God who has come to be with us. John tells it like this, John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. And in Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. In verse 14, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus is the very Son of God. He was with God in the very beginning. He is the eternal Son of God. He was with God in the very beginning. When when God created the heavens and the earth, He said, let there be light. And Jesus went out and made the light. Right? All things were made through Him and by Him. He is the eternal Son of God who did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. But He humbled Himself. He made Himself nothing. He took the form of a servant. And being born in the likeness of man, He humbled Himself. Uh, being obedient to the Father's will, being obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross, so that He might save us from our sins. Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Because of who He is, He is worthy of our praise. Let's sing this together. I sing praises to Your name, O Lord, Praises to your name, O Lord. For your name is great and greatly to be praised. I sing praises to your name, O Lord. Praises to your name, O Lord. For your name is great and greatly to be praised. Jesus is worthy of our worship. He's worthy of our praise because of who he is. Well, as Jesus Then goes on to respond to Peter's declaration, we see the next reason, another motive why we can celebrate Jesus, and we can celebrate Jesus today because of Jesus' salvation. We can celebrate Jesus because of his salvation. Notice what he says there in verse 17, and Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon bar Jonah. That means Simon, son of Jonah. That's all bar means. Ba- Simon, son of Jonah. For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Jesus indicates his salvation, his saving grace coming into play here. That word blessed here, and it is blessed. Now someone asked me, why do you always say blessed and not just blessed? Because it's blessed, not blessed. (laughs) Blessed indicates something different. If you say, well, I feel blessed today. Well, that's great. That's wonderful. And we often want to be blessed by the Lord and that sort of thing. But to be blessed is something greater. And we see in Scripture this term blessed blessed to be blessed it means that you have gained the favor of the lord you are not just happy you're not just experiencing the joy of the lord you're not just experiencing a casual blessing that god has has given you i mean we see the sun coming down and that's god's blessing upon the earth and he blesses us just like he blesses the rest of the world with his sunshine and the rain when it comes but to be blessed is to to acquire the covenantal blessings of the Lord. And in Matthew, over and over again, in Matthew, when when he uses that term, he uses it most often in the sense of blessedness. To be blessed by the Lord. To receive the covenantal favor of the Lord. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Not just the poor. Blessed are the poor in spirit who come to God knowing their, their, their spiritual uh, destitute and seeking His salvation. Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven... We began to see, even right here, that we, we see the, the blessedness of the Lord in our lives. We see that His salvation coming into place as we receive the covenantal blessings of God that are promised to us through His Messiah, Jesus Christ. We note here that salvation, first of all, is by the Father's initiative. Our salvation is by the Father's initiative. Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, Peter. It's not because you are smart enough and wise enough that you discover this on your own. It is because my Father who is in heaven, he opened up your heart. He revealed it to you so that you could receive it. It is by the Father's initiative. Ephesians chapter 2 verses 8 through 9 tells us this as well. For by grace you have been saved through faith and this is not your own doing but it is a free gift from god not a result of works lest anyone should boast it is the father's initiative dear friend if you are saved today it's not not because you were smart enough it's not because you were good enough it's not because you were anything you are a a lowly sinner and God came to you and He opened up your heart. First of all, He was the one who sent His Son in the first place, right? He's the one from the foundations of the earth. He sent His Son to die for us. And even as it comes to our salvation, He is the one who comes to us and opens up our hearts and reveals Jesus and His saving, His salvation to us. Our salvation is by the Father's initiative. Second, we also see that uh, it is by the Son's sacrifice. It is by the Son's sacrifice. Now, we don't see this in this text that we, read, that we have just read, but we do see it in the very next paragraph. Verse 21, chapter 16, verse 21. Notice what he says there. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem And suffer many things from the elders and the chief priests and scribes, and be killed, and on the third day be raised. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, my Lord. This shall never happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance to me, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God but on the things of man. Boy, Peter took a turn there, didn't he? Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah. Get behind me, Satan. Boy, do you ever feel like that? One minute you're on this high, and the next minute you feel like you're down in the pit. Well, that happened to Peter right there. But notice that Jesus, after all of this, after they have just proclaimed, after Peter has just proclaimed, you are you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Then Jesus goes on to explain to them what's about to take place. What's going to have to happen. He has got to go to Jerusalem. He has got to suffer many things by the elders and all of those there in Jerusalem and then be raised again. In other words, his his salvation was not of this world. His salvation wasn't a political salvation. It wasn't a, a deliverance from the Romans' oppression. His salvation was something greater, something that they didn't truly understand. And Jesus now begins to reveal that now not only is he the, the great Messiah, the deliverer that the Lord promised, he is also the suffering servant that the Lord promised In the Old Testament, Isaiah chapter 53, verse 5, tells us of the suffering servant. In fact, all of of Isaiah chapter 53 tells us of the suffering servant. But this verse really captures the, the, the sense of the text. But he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. You see, Jesus had to be pierced for our transgressions, he had to be crushed for our iniquities. He suffered excruciating agony on Calvary's cross as He received upon Himself the full penalty for our sins in our place. He had to suffer so that we might be delivered. Our salvation is all due to the Son's sacrifice. If Jesus had not died for you, you would have no hope of salvation. We are saved because Jesus poured out His life on Calvary's cross. Our salvation is by the Father's initiative and it's by the Son's sacrifice. And, and this isn't in our text, but let's bring in the Holy Spirit here because all of God, all God in three persons, every person of the Trinity is involved in our salvation. It is, our salvation is by the Spirit's application. Our salvation is, is by the Spirit's application. The Father initiates. The Son came and died for us. He accomplished our salvation on Calvary's cross. And then the Holy Spirit applies it to our lives. And we see this in a number of places throughout the New Testament. But here's one text that really kind of emphasizes this and reveals this to us. Titus chapter 3 verses 4 through 7. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God, our Savior, appeared, He saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, it's not by works, but according to His own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that being justified by His grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. You see, the Father initiates Jesus' sacrifice. He accomplishes our salvation on Calvary's cross. And then the Holy Spirit comes into our lives and applies that salvation to us here and now. And begins to make us a new creation in Jesus. We don't just celebrate Jesus because of because he is a great king. We celebrate Jesus because he is our great king, who fought our greatest battle and won us our greatest victory on Calvary's cross over sin and death. First Corinthians chapter fifteen, verses fifty five through fifty seven. O death, where is your victory? O death, where's your sting? The sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's sing this song. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and bought me with his redeeming blood he loved me ere i knew him and all my love is due him he plunged me to victory beneath that cleansing flood amen we celebrate jesus because of his salvation we have life In Jesus Christ, because He came, He lived, He died, and He was raised again so that we might have life in Him. As Jesus continues His response, we see another motive to celebrate Jesus today. We celebrate Jesus' church. We also celebrate Jesus' church, starting in verse 18. And I tell you, you are Peter, Petros, and on this Petra, on this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whoever, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then he strictly charged the disciples to tell no one that he was the Christ. Notice here that Jesus, he says... Uh, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, uh, for God has not, or, the flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father has. And he says to him, I tell you, you are Peter, you are Petras. And upon this Petra, I will build my church. Now, no, no need to, to think too hard about that. I know a lot of people, uh, especially Catholic brethren, they kind of look at this as as making, they take this text to to establish Peter as the head of the church. That's not what's going on here. Jesus is just using a play of words. You are Petras. And upon this Petra... Upon this petra, this this thing that you have just proclaimed, this announcement that you have just made, this declaration that you have just pronounced, upon this declaration I will build my church upon the gospel of Jesus Christ, upon the bold proclamation of Jesus Christ that goes out into the world. Upon that I will build my church. It's upon the gospel that the church is built. The Gospel that was proclaimed by the, the prophets and the apostles after them and by us today as we go out into the world and we proclaim that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Upon that, Jesus said, I will build my church. Now that's the emphasis right there. That's the term we need to focus on. It is His church. It is the ecclesia. Now, we think of the church, well, this is a church building, right? And and we say we're going to church. But what is the church? The church is not this building. If a tornado came through and and demolished this building, God's church would not be destroyed. It would not be demolished. The church is the, the community of believers. In fact, that word ecclesia, church, it means an assembly, a community, a congregation, You see, we need to understand today, church, that God did not save you to go it alone. He didn't save you to go it alone. He didn't save you to do life on your own, by yourself, to face the the world and all of its temptations, to face Satan and all of his temptation, all of his attacks, on your own. He saved you to be in community. In community. With a body of believers. With a body of believers. You know, think about that. Many people today suffer from depression. And one of the great causes of depression, one of the greater causes of depression, is a sense of loneliness, feeling like you're alone in the world. And more and more today, people are, are complaining that they, they feel lonely. We're, we're supposed to be the most connected culture in, in, in history. I mean, we, we have all of the world right there on our phones, right? And, and people sit there all day on that phone, flipping that phone, flipping that phone, flipping that phone, viewing Facebook and Instagram and all these other grams, and, and, and yet they feel lonely. They're disconnected. They're disconnected. And depression is on the rise because people feel lonely. But that's not supposed to be so of the church. Let me tell you, dear friend, if you feel lonely, there's no need to feel lonely. Connect with the church. Be a part of the church. Be a part of the community. And find that connection. Jesus Christ saved us to bring us into community. We are, notice here, a redeemed community. We are redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. We are saved by Jesus Christ. We are a redeemed community headed towards Heaven. Headed towards God's eternal Kingdom. But not only are we a redeemed community, but we are a conquering community. We are a conquering community. I will build upon this rock, I will build My church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. We are a conquering community. Yes, Satan is out there. He's roaming about like a roaring lion seeking you to devour. And if you're out there all alone trying to do it on your own, Trying to face him on your own, he will devour you. But God didn't call you to go it alone, He called you to go it in a community of believers, His church. You know, there's strength in numbers. A lion might attack and bring down one but he's going to have a whole lot harder time taking down the herd you ever seen these things on on whatever national geographic or discovery or or whatever out there in the safari and you know, the lions, they, they always try to get the, the one who's by themselves, get the weak one off by itself, and attack and bring it down. But when the herd gathers around, and the herd fights the lion, oh, it's not so easy. You see, you're not supposed to face Satan on your own. You're supposed to face Satan as part of the herd, as part of the community of Christ. We celebrate Jesus today, because He has built His church. He has drawn us into His church. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 12, 24 through 25. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more, as you see, the day drawing near christ church is a redeemed conquering community but we have to remain in community we celebrate jesus today because we celebrate his church we celebrate his church now i want to share with you our dilemma I want you to see the problem that we have here. As in this local church, our dilemma in this local church is that we're on the down, uh, downward trajectory. When you look from where whence we came, right? When when you look how things have gone over the past few years, pre-COVID, we were running around 120 to 130, somewhere in there. And we were working on revitalization. We were working on trying to change the trajectory at that point. And, and we saw some movement, right? We, we saw some new folks coming in. And, and there was some excitement in the church. And, and we started seeing some movement, maybe going the other direction. And then COVID hit and it brought us back down again. A lot of people came back with fear. Fear of gathering in the community. Some people just got out of the habit altogether. Fell away and we haven't seen them ever come back. And so now we've, we've dropped down to, now we're averaging on worship, on a morning worship around 75 to 85, somewhere in there. That's where we've been fluctuating here lately. We're on a downward trajectory. And I'm just going to be honest with you, church. If we keep on this trajectory, we're going to close those doors within the next, I would even say, three years. We're not just going to push it to five years. In three years, we're going to have to close the doors because we're not going to be able to afford the upkeep of this facility. That's the dilemma of this church. If things don't turn around, it's not looking good. if we're going to celebrate Christ's church, then we're going to have to change that trajectory. If we want to see this church alive and vibrant again and being a, a light, a beacon for the, in the darkness of Morehouse Parish, we're going to have to change that trajectory and we're going to have to start appreciating and celebrating Christ's church. if we just keep going through the motions, the light's going to go out. But if we rejoice in Christ and celebrate in His church, then the light will continue to shine. So I want to challenge you. I want to challenge us all not just you. This is a challenge for me. It's a challenge for all of us. Here is our challenge. Here is our goal. Just for the next few months, right? Just, we, need to, we need to do something to get back on track right now and, and have a victory. So for the next few months, here's my challenge to you. We need to increase the average attendance of, worship, of our worship service from 75 to 85. Let's bump it up to 100. 100. Let's bump that average up to 100 by the end of December. We can do it. We can do it. It seems like a lofty goal, but we can do it. Let's go from 85 average in attendance to 100 average in attendance by the end of December. And here's how we we reach that goal. Number one, we have to increase the regular attendance of our active church members all of you, of our active church members, those members who, who are involved in the church ministry who, who come on a regular basis, but not every Sunday, right? You, you come regularly, but maybe not every Sunday, and you're involved in the ministry of the church, and, and, and we would consider you an active member. We need, to, and we need to get you here every Sunday, Sunday after Sunday. We need to increase your, your attendance, your average attendance, right? As I've been reading over this and looking at this over the past few weeks, if, if all of our active members who we deem as active members would show up every Sunday, we would blow that, that goal out of the water. We would be over 100 every Sunday. If all of our active members would just show up Sunday after Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, we need you to show up. We need to increase the regular attendance of our active members. Second, we need to re-engage inactive members. We need to re-engage inactive members, those who aren't involved in the church. Maybe they, they slipped out with COVID and, and just got out of the habit of coming, never got back into it. We need to reach out to them. We need to bug them to death. It's okay. Bug them to death. Either make them mad and go somewhere else or, or get them back in church, right? Oh, it, it, we need to reach them we love them right we love them it's not because we got any ill intent. we love them and we want them back in the fold they're out there doing it on their own and satan's attacking them beating them down we want them back in the herd where we can help them grow and thrive in the Lord, we need them back. Let's reach out to them. Let's bug them to death until they get back in church on a regular basis. We need to re-engage our inactive members. And third, we need to reach the lost with the gospel of Jesus Christ. I mean, that's what we're here for. That's what we're here for. We're to reach the lost. We're to to go out into the world and make disciples. So we have to reach the lost with the gospel. We need to get that that battery full and we need to be uh, baptizing people and bringing them into Christ's kingdom. So church, let's get busy. Let's get busy. I need each and every one of you to commit to being here Sunday after Sunday. I need, to, I need you to call those that, that you look around and, and you say, well, they used to sit right there. Call them. Call them. Bug them. Pester them. Until we get them back in, in, in church. And let's do things to reach out to the lost. To share the gospel of Jesus Christ. I mean, we got the message of eternal life. And people are bound are bounding their way to hell. Let's save them. Let's throw them that lifeline by sharing with them the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. Celebrate Jesus' church. Commit to meet with the redeemed, conquering community of Christ, so that we might be victorious for Christ's kingdom and bring glory to Christ's glorious name. Celebrate Jesus celebrate jesus celebrate his person celebrate his salvation celebrate his community celebrate jesus now if you're here today and you don't have a personal relationship with jesus christ you don't have a reason to celebrate because i'm just going to be honest if you if you're here and you don't have a relationship with christ you are headed towards a bad place You are under the weight of your sin. And you are headed towards an eternity and a devil's hell. But the opportunity for victory is right before you. Christ won the victory for you. And if you turn to Christ today and you surrender your life to Him, just ask Him to come into your life, receive Him today, and celebrate jesus celebrate heavenly father oh we thank you for all the the multitude of reasons we have to celebrate jesus oh lord we've just gone over three today there are so many 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 more but lord we thank you we thank you for who jesus is we thank you for his salvation the salvation that you have provided through Christ our Lord and we thank you Lord for the community of believers your church that you have established so that we might live in community loving one another building one another up so that we might all grow in Jesus oh Lord let us not stop with this service but let us continue to celebrate Jesus today and Lord If there's any who haven't trusted in Jesus, oh, Lord, let them feel that today. I pray, Lord, that you'd let them feel a heaviness on their hearts today and let them look to Jesus and find victory so that they might celebrate Jesus. This I pray in Christ's name. Amen.